Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Katie. And this is I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast. Tonight we are talking about the 1988 movie Monkey Shines by George Romero. But at the top we had a, uh, a, a suggestion from, I would say listener, but also a friend and uh, fellow... Um, not co-host, but our guest, frequent guest. Contributor. I say frequent guest and contributor, <laughs> Lorena. We thought it'd be great to have a what's new with you little uh, segment at the top. Um, so I guess I can start off by just asking Katie. <gasps> what's new with you? <laughs> um, well, I'm like actually kind of frazzled right now because the past like 36 hours of my life has been just like running from one thing to another with uh my daughter grace that we've talked about um my 12 year old that is my young horror movie fan that i'm constantly curating the scary movies for um but she uh, has been hanging out nonstop with these two particular best friends of hers um and i've been kind of the designated parent that is you know picking up and driving and running around and dropping off and then picking up and um so i was doing i was at you know three different malls yesterday and then taking them to they've been doing sleepovers in one of their backyards in separate tents because that's the only way they can safely do a sleepover right now (laughs) and then um I had to pick them up from the sleepover to take them to a Girl Scout meeting I was running this morning and then from that we had to go back and break down the tents and then I had to take two of them to the thirds baseball game this afternoon and then sit through a sixth grade baseball game and um, then rush home take one of them home rush home cram some dinner in my face and then get on this zoom so that's what's new with me (laughs) it's been going on with me for the past two days your best life Living my best Dri- life, my best driving, mom life. Driving children. You can start driving my kids places because I'm already tired before I even leave the house. So um, you could do that for me. So I absolutely would if they lived just a smidge no, closer. No, you, you can come. You can come and get them too. <laughs> Excuses. Like, no, no, no. Excuses. It's not that it's far. It's Make just it happen. down the coast a little bit. Come yeah. on. So. so what's new with you, Meredith? Oh, uh, hmm. Okay, so I'm a fourth grade teacher. We're back in person. Um, so I've been, you know, teaching kids how to read and write. And um, we're moving on to our poetry unit, which I'm excited about. And when I'm not doing that, I'm playing a lot of World of Warcraft. And, uh, you know, we're pretty stoked because the expansion's supposed to come out at the beginning of June. So I will be doing that for the foreseeable future as soon as that comes out and shirking my responsibilities and leveling um, every other responsibility except the except podcast. For podcast, job and children. The rest of my free time will be leveling my warlock and making sure I am uh, doing all the all of the damage I can do. And then I just watched Hush, the horror movie by Mike Flanagan. I watched it when it kind of first came out to Netflix a few years ago and it's a short one and that was really fun i really liked it so uh, it's just a fun kind of fast scary movie so that's what's going on with me lorena what's going on with you hey um work i'm a nurse (laughs) so it's never a dull day what do you do tell the listeners 
I work in the psych emergency uh, unit at San Francisco General Hospital. So I have been going to work every day and it's been crazy to say the least. Never a dull moment. Your work as a psych nurse. Yes. It's crazy. Which is crazy. You would have thought. And I'm crazy. But I'm, I'm, sh- I'm, sh- I'm shocked. No pun intended. <laughs> it's the best thing to do because I know what they're thinking. I know what you're doing. Yes, I talk to myself too. You talk to yourself as well. So that's kind of why I thought it would be great to have Lorena as our frequent, often as many times basically as she's available guest mm-hmm. because it's kind of cool to have like a... Uh, a psychiatric nurse, uh, you know, giving her two cents about a freaking scary movie. Or the um, lack of sense. Or the lack of sense, or just, you know, saying some nonsense. <clears throat> and that's okay, too. Yep. So, okay. For our four, actually, we don't have four listeners, guys. We have 87 <laughs> listeners now. Nice. So, for our 87 listeners, maybe you've already turned it off. Sorry. Sorry yeah. if this part was boring. You could skip ahead, maybe. <laughs> Listen to more than 33% of the episode. <laughs> okay, so if you're still listening, we just want to do a uh, what's new with you so our listeners can kind of get to know who we are. Um, and thanks for, you know, listening. Uh, so let's let's talk about the movie Monkey Shines by George oh Romero. It came out in 1988, and this time around, Katie... Since it was her choice, uh, is going to do um, our synopsis. So hit it. Uh, yeah. So this was uh, this movie was my suggestion. I stumbled across it on HBO, and the reason that I stopped on it as I was scrolling through is the movie poster that they showed on HBO uh, reminded me of the cover of Stephen King's book Skeleton Crew that I have on my shelf because it's the little organ grinder monkey, and I'm like, well, that's got to be good. Um, but I also thought it was kind of interesting with the the title. I was like, I, I kind of feel like that phrase is problematic and I don't really know why. And so I did a little bit of reading on it. Um, and while monkey shines, I think people still use it and it's not considered particularly inflammatory or anything. Um, it's generally used to indicate a mischievous or playful trick, but it's also, if you look into it, the, um, origin it's generally attributed to a man named thomas daddy rice who was a white comedian from the early to mid 1800s who performed in blackface um, and is considered by many to be the father of minstrelsy um, and his most famous song was called jump jim crow and so it was this the origin of both the term monkey shines and the term jim crow so it is it's not it's not the best phrase mm. to mm-hmm. use nowadays good to know but anyhow we're in 1988 so nobody he's thinking about that yet <laughs> not much yeah not, not really <laughs> no okay so um here is my uh film recap and i'm hope it's not too detailed but uh feel free to jump in at any oh, point and that'll make it's it a seem thorough, less as like i mentioned I'm, listeners it's a thorough, <laughs> thorough. synopsis <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we open on our fit young hero, Alan, waking beside his beautiful girlfriend, Linda, who was played by Janine Turner of Northern Exposure fame. Uh, 
Um, so Alan does some unnecessarily nude stretches. Uh, he fills a backpack with bricks and takes off on his morning run. And with the blissful music going, uh, we are jarred out of the moment by screeching tires and a thud as Alan is hit by a van. We cut to the hospital where sexy surgeon Dr. Wiseman, played by a young, gorgeous Stanley Tucci, um, is the arrogant uh, spinal surgeon who operates on Alan. And then moments later, we're panning from a photo of our hero winning a track and field race to his now crippled and bearded body laying in the hospital bed. So Alan is now a quadriplegic combined to a wheelchair operated by a blow tube. Um, now we're back at his house. Dr. Wiseman, I kept wanting to call him Dr. Tucci, but with, for, <laughs> we're in the movie, yes. he's Dr. Wiseman. Uh, he appears at Alan's house for the welcome home party. And in this moment, we also meet Alan's ridiculous mother, as well as the horrible nurse, Marianne, a.k.a. Nurse Ratched, who is the in-home care nurse that's been hired to help Alan. Um, and then we see Linda trying to host us at this welcome home party and clearly struggling with her new reality of the, you know, sexy boyfriend that she had. And now this quadriplegic boyfriend she has. Um, but, you know, her struggle does not inhibit her from having a nice little meet cute with sexy Dr. Tucci Wiseman. And then uh, shortly after, she, she sneaks away from the party and distressfully phones uh, from the kitchen our next central character, who is Alan's friend, Jeffrey, played by John Pankow mm -hmm. from Mad About You. Mm -hmm. So now we are in a university lab where Jeffrey is engaging in studies with monkeys. He shaves tissue off a frozen human brain and adds it to a serum that he then injects into monkey number six. Can we call it brain juice? Mm -hmm. brain, juice. brain juice well, it, was kind, it was probably more like a puree, puree of a kind you know he didn't have a juicer it was just very thin shavings you know like like in goodfellas when they're in prison and they're cutting the garlic with the razor oh, blade yeah. yes yeah 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 um yeah so jeffrey's hard at work uh, shaving brain and injecting <laughs> monkey number six um and he gets uh, linda's voicemail message and you know oh shit he rushes off to the welcome home party that he has forgotten because he's such a super good friend um the party's over when he arrives but he grabs a beer kind of takes a look around at the modifications to the house for alan's disability and then he and alan are chatting it up and alan shares that he kind of foresees that linda is going to be dumping him so he's he's pretty self-aware uh and not long after, we see Alan watching old home movies with his mom, and we are introduced to another central character, Nurse Marianne's parakeet, Bogey, mm -hmm. who is being very annoying to Alan in this moment. Mm -hmm. So next we jump back to the lab, and Jeffrey meets with his supervisor, Burbage, who is played by an adorable Stephen Root. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, love he's him. just as cute as a button. Um, it's such a great tiny, like a minor character, but just every time I see him, I'm so excited. Um, we learn that Jeffrey and Burbage have a contentious relationship. There's palpable discord mm -hmm. between them. And throughout the movie, we see them clash. Accusations fly and Burbage is interfering with Jeffrey's work, which is admittedly of questionable ethics. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's good that he's trying to interfere. But after this meeting with Burbage, Jeffrey returns to his lab and injects monkey number six with the brain juice again. <laughs> So now we're back at Alan's house. Uh, we see him working to learn his new accommodation services at home, which include a voice command system that controls doors and curtains. But he is struggling and depressed, understandably. And soon Jeffrey visits to discover Alan attempting suicide by suffocating himself with the plastic wrap of hanging dry cleaning. That was a really good scene. That was intense. Yeah, way yeah. intense. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, yeah, when he comes around the corner and Alan is just, you know, he's got the plastic sucked into his mouth and 
Yeah. I mean, it's damn creative for, you know, him to figure out a way to do that to himself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, he, he is not dead yet and he's taken to the hospital and he recovers. Um, and at the hospital, Dr. Wiseman um, is talking to his mother and it's kind of saying maybe she's might be part of the problem and encourages her to return to her home out of town. Um, but we also in this scene discover that Dr. Sexy Wiseman is now dating Alan's ex, Linda. So we hate them both Ew, at this a point. Lot. Mm-hmm. What a perfect moment for the entrance of wholesome outdoorsy Melanie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we meet Melanie at her farm where she trains monkeys to assist quadriplegics. <gasps> so Jeffrey is visiting uh, Melanie in hopes to obtain one of these monkeys uh, to assist Alan. But Melanie says all of her monkeys are already promised mm-hmm. to other clients. So Jeffrey offers her one from his lab. Why not? And Melanie agrees. So at some point in the near future, Jeffrey turns up at Allen's with Melanie and the monkey, who happens to be monkey number six, uh, who is now called Ella. Uh, Jeffrey confesses to Alan that he faked Ella's death to smuggle her out of the lab, but says she is, quote, normal, as in he hasn't tested on her, which we know is a lie. Mm-hmm. In this scene, we also see more examples of Nurse Marianne's awful temperament, including her disgust toward having Ella in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, things, however, looking up for Alan now as he is immediately charmed by both Ella and Melanie. Cue a montage of Alan learning all the ways he can direct Ella to assist him, and she is extraordinary. However, Marianne does hate her, and it soon seems the feeling is mutual as Ella leaves a banana peel in Marianne's slipper. Very smart. (laughs) Yeah. Good monkey. So now things start to get a little weird. Uh, We witness a tender evening between monkey and man when Ella turns off all the lights in the room and takes away Alan's stick that he uses to turn pages when he reads. Ella turns on romantic music and proceeds to climb on Alan's shoulder and cuddle with him. And as he chats to her, he kind of picks up that she doesn't seem to like his beard very much. Mm -hmm. And immediately we see him in the bathroom with Melanie shaving the beard off for him. And he waxes poetic about how Ella has changed his life and how they care for each other. And at this same time, we see Alan and Melanie kind of testing the water of their mutual interest. But perceiving this, Ella snatches up the shaving razor Mm -hmm. and nicks Alan's cheek. Mm -hmm. So she is not a fan of the uh, relationship between Melanie and Alan. So now we have some time passing and Alan's return to law school with Ella's help in his classes. We also see him on a date with Melanie fishing and taking a picnic at a stream without Ella. Um, During one of Jeffrey's visits to Alan's house, we see Ella's new skill of dialing telephone numbers for Alan. In that scene, Jeffrey slips away with Alan to Alan's kitchen and tries to give her another injection of our brain serum, but she is enraged. And a confrontation occurs between her and Jeffrey where we see her being very aggressive. All right. On another day, Alan and Nurse Marianne are getting into it over Nurse's attitude toward Ella. And she calls the relationship between Ella and Alan, quote, unnatural, not wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when Marianne leaves the room, the parakeet bogey flies in and starts attacking Alan's face. Ella can hear this from her cage and is agitated. And after Marianne returns to the room, Alan tells her threateningly to get rid of the bird. But Ella takes care of that problem that night. Mm -hmm. She lets herself out of her cage and we see her pop up menacingly over the sleeping Marianne's bed. She then opens Bogey's cage and kills the bird herself. Mm -hmm. The next morning when Marianne slips her foot into her slipper, it's Bogey's body she finds instead of a banana peel. So now we're seeing Ella become violent for the first time. So, okay, now we get our first glimpse of what I called Ella vision, which is the the scenes where we are in theory seeing through Ella's eyes. So 
what we have is she is exiting the house through the attic and she's running through the neighborhood. But that viewpoint suddenly ends and we jump to a disoriented and confused Alan who has been snapped awake by his mother's arrival at his house. Another argument begins between Alan and Nurse Marianne in which she screams at him for killing Bogey when the mother says, how could he, have, you know, he couldn't do that. How could he have done that? She says, not with his hands. He had his little demon do it. So Nurse Marianne is kind of the first person to be to recognize that there is this connection between the two of them that is a problem. So soon we learn that Marianne has quit the job, not surprisingly, and that Alan's mother is going to stay and care for him. Ella overhears his mother share that she sold her business and house to move in with him permanently. And just then Alan swears that his hand moved. Of course, his mother doesn't believe him. So that night, Ella Virgin returns. We see through her eyes running outdoors until again, we are snapped back to a startled and confused Alan. Alan starts to realize that Ella can get out of her cage and the house. So he sends Jeffrey on a search for how. And though Jeffrey finds the torn screen in the attic, he returns downstairs and lies to Alan that there's no way she was getting out up there. Alan confesses to Jeffrey and Melanie that he's experiencing a psychic connection with Ella, but they don't believe him. Well, now Alan is visiting a new doctor, Dr. Williams, who's played by William Newman, that I feel like is a very recognizable character actor face um, that I think a lot of people who saw me go, oh, that guy, what do I know that guy from? But anyway, so Alan's visiting him about the perceived hand movement, and Dr. Williams tells him that the paralysis may be caused by a congenital condition, not by the trauma of the accident. And the doctor suggests that surgery may be able to fix it, but he later insists that he needs proof of intentional movement to undergo the risk of another surgery. So, of course, Alan is furious with the sexy Dr. Wiseman for missing the condition, and Ella's listening to him rant against the doctor. Melanie is concerned by Alan's anger and aggression that she calls the, quote, change in him. So that night when Alan tries to call Dr. Wiseman, he's given the number to reach the doctor out of office, which he recognizes as Linda's number. When he calls, we are treated to a quick shot of a sexy shirtless Stanley Tucci in his bath towel uh, during his sexy cabin getaway with Linda. So Alan is not pleased by this. And uh, all of a sudden we're getting intense close-ups of Alan's furious face and Ella's empathetic one, ending with Alan biting his own lip and Ella licking away the blood before they go on another mind meld journey of Ella vision. Ella goes to Linda's cabin where Linda and Dr. Wiseman are getting it on and Ella sets the cabin on fire, killing both Linda and Dr. Wiseman. Yay! Yay, bird! (laughs) So when Alan hears this news... terrible. Sorry. (laughs) I mean, is it? They're both terrible people. It's not. They deserve it. Mm -hmm. Even if we've lost, you know, a a gifted spinal surgeon. I mean, how gifted was he, really? He missed missed the condition. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so now uh, the next day, Alan hears the news, but he already knows. And he also knows that Ella is responsible and that she's responding to his desires. Uh, In that moment, Melanie puts her hand on Alan's and Ella pushes it away. Um, And Alan starts describing how all his deep primal fury is being stirred up by his link to Ella. So Jeffrey's kind of skeptical, but he agrees to take Ella back to the lab for testing. And Ella reacts very violently to being taken from Alan. Alan tells Jeffrey not to bring her back. So with Ella gone, Melanie invites Alan to stay at her place for a few days. And in Ella's absence, their connection blossoms. And they have a sexual encounter that is pretty impressive, given Alan's paralysis. That was shocking. Even for 1988. That was mm-hmm. Yeah, good. It, was, it was really something. Al- yeah. It was worth Alan's seeing. A gi- Alan's a giver. <laughs> So. He is. He's, he's so selfless. <laughs> totally. 
<laughs> and then the trapeze thing that was uh, oh yeah oh. yeah if, if you're if you're gonna do it that way it's good to have you know a hanging bar above you to hold on to mm, yeah <laughs> that was <All> interesting right. <laughs> so now we're back in um jeffrey's lab and Ella, to his surprise, actually solicits an injection of the brain serum. And uh, Jeff- Jeffrey calls her a junkie, um, which is kind of the pot calling the kettle black in this scenario because Jeffrey is kind of a junkie. Um, he also suspects that the drug he's given Ella has allowed her to form this psychic link with Alan. So he does kind of believe that this is what's going on. Um, he finds that Burbage has stolen his supply of the brain serum. And so he gives himself the one remaining dose he has to try and connect with Ella himself. So he ends up passing out and he's seeing through Ella vision and he sees Ella escape the lab and return to Alan's house. So she must have also opened all the other cages in the lab because soon the rest of the test monkeys are attacking Jeffrey and they're trashing the lab. Um, so he regains his awareness and he fills two syringes with something. We don't know specifically what, but it's probably not good. And he rushes off after Ella to Alan's house. So back at Alan's, he is arguing with his mother and his temper flares suddenly, which alerts him to the fact that Ella is back on the premises and amplifying his tendency to rage. Um, And as the argument with his mother escalates, Alan's fury increases and he declares that he hates her. She slaps him and she leaves the room and she goes off to take a nice soothing bath. I mean, it's reasonable. What mom doesn't want to do that? Um, but of course, Ella sneaks into the bathroom and throws a hairdryer into the tub, electrocuting and killing Naturally. her. Naturally. I mean, that's that's why I don't take baths. <laughs> or have monkeys, everyone. Yeah. Or have monkeys or hairdryers. Make a choice. I mean, Jesus. Make a choice. <laughs> So the um, the electrocution blows the fuses and plunges the house into darkness just as Jeffrey arrives. So he begins to search the house for Ella, armed with his syringes. He finds Mother's body. Um, he's then able to get the lights back on. And at this point, he confesses to Alan that he had experimented on Ella, which, uh-oh, makes Alan angry at Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in response to Alan's anger, Ella appears and attacks Jeffrey, and she slices his hand up pretty good, and then she runs off. So in his concern, Jeffrey's concern for tending to his wound, he leaves one of his syringes on a table. Uh, when he next encounters Ella in the hallway, he pulls the other from his pocket and she runs off. So he's searching for her in the attic uh, and then the phone downstairs rings. But instead of answering it, Ella bites through the cord. So it rings again on another extension and Alan manages to get into the kitchen and get the other extension off the hook. Um, and it's Melanie and she hears over the line that Ella is screeching. So she's alerted that, you know, something's going wrong here. But then Alan gets trapped in the kitchen by the phone receiver that's stuck in his wheelchair. Um, so Jeffrey at this point is still try- continuing to pursue Ella throughout the house with his syringe, uh, only to be surprised by her when she has the other one. So she injects him with the contents of the syringe. And after he gives his little, uh, you know, final speech to Alan, he collapses on the floor in the hall. Uh, Alan manages to get his wheelchair free of the phone receiver and tries to use his other automation to escape the house. But then Ella turns off the power again, so he can't use it to open the door. So he begins to manipulate her to try and take control of the situation. And then he tries to reestablish their psychic connection and bids her to go outside where he sees through Ella vision that Melanie has arrived. Melanie also sees Ella outside, but she runs off and Melanie breaks through a window, restores the power, but is promptly attacked by Ella who has re-entered the house through the attic. Uh, Ella trips Melanie and she's knocked out. 
At this point, Ella is trying desperately to light Melanie on fire, but she's too wet from the rain outside, so the matches keep going out. So then Ella tries to inject Melanie with the remaining syringe, um, and out of desperation, Alan musters the hand movement required to turn on the tape deck next to his wheelchair, and his and Ella's song comes on, the one that was playing when they first snuggled. So of course, Ella drops the syringe, leaves Melanie, and returns to him to cuddle next to his face, at which point Alan seizes her with his teeth and whips her back and forth until she's dead. Mm-hmm. Mm. So sad. Bye-bye, Ella. And that was a long scene. Mm-hmm. That was... <laughs> yeah, it was... Yeah, that that was like the last, you know, the last third of the movie was that. Okay. That chase around the <laughs> house, basically. Yeah. <laughs> So then in closing, we flash forward to Alan undergoing his new surgery uh, and we're treated to a great jump scare of Ella bursting out of his spinal incision. Uh, And he startles awake from this nightmare to learn that the surgery was successful. And soon he is relearning to walk and heading off to a beautiful life together with Melanie. The end. It really is a story for the ages. Mm-hmm. It is. I think I have to point a out. Love story. Uh, <laughs> a love story. A love story. <laughs> uh, when I was watching it for the first time, because thank you guys, I never watched this this movie before. I think like the end, uh, when she's trying to poke... Ella's trying to oh, poke with the, the syringe. Coffee. Yes, the syringe. Yeah. It was so cute. I mean, I was... Yeah. You're evil, but it wasn't going in. But it's not poke, poke, going poke. in, you know. The eyeball. <laughs> I'm like the eyeball. But um, yeah. No, don't don't tell the monkey how to kill the woman, Lorena. It was so that's not, sweet. That's not what we're yes, here for. I know. And then I was like, okay, okay, go back, back. No, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but it gives a. I think it's a, such a Romero type of scene that it's really soft, but at the same time, it just brings this um, kind of like fear to the whole mm-hmm. to the you know to the ambience i just thought it was very intense yeah. definitely yeah. yeah i do have to say that one of the other reasons that i jumped on this movie was when i saw that mm-hmm. it was a george romero movie and i knew that that to be um one of uh, meredith's favorites yes. of all time mm-hmm. but it also turns out that there's another all-time favorite of meredith's uh featured in this bad boy that she is gonna kind of give us a little more information mm-hmm. about oh, okay so Tom Savini, I I love him. He's my boyfriend, even though he's about fifty years older than me. But okay, sorry if that's insulting. He he's much older, but he is a genius. Uh, so I just kind of wanted to quickly talk a little bit about his career, who he is. He is basically an FX, you know, master at. Uh, he calls them gags, but like different special effects in movies and he's he's referred to as the sultan of splatter or the godfather of gore and um Ooh. i mean he, his works include like just so much dawn of the dead creep show friday the 13th maniac um and he basically helped he taught greg nicotero mm-hmm. a lot um basically everything he knows, and he was took him under his wing. And Nicotero, of course, does Walking Dead, uh, just like basically any kind of gag in a movie. Uh, 
they took part in, like including misery, the ankle hobbling mm-hmm. scene, like just Ooh. so many, uh, so many works, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, to, um, I mean, just just a ton. And you'd also recognize him as an actor in a ton of movies, mm-hmm. including Maniac. Um, you know, from dusk till dawn, he played Sex Machine. I think in Sex dusk till dawn, he's, got, he's like this Italian dude with like a handlebar black mustache, very recognizable. So, listeners, you probably have seen him in something. Um, mm-hmm. But he, I went to uh, actually Lorena and I both went mm-hmm. together. We went to go see uh, The Walking Dead um, the weekend to go see the big. Not festival, convention? yeah, convention in Atlanta. Yep. And um, they had all the actors, and it, but it wasn't just people involved with Walking Dead. It was like other movie people, mm-hmm. and Tom Savini was there, um, and he did a panel, like a talk, and it was not like hugely attended, and it was him and Greg Nicotero, mm-hmm. and it was pretty intimate. It was like us and like thirty something people not a whole big thing when there's thousands of people who go Uh to this convention and i was like how could you not want to go and listen to these guys just like talk about their careers he's the sultan of splatter people he is he's such a big deal and he's like worked with romero on all of his like just so much stuff so he talked about his career just a little bit and um like the gags and they're just like talking about all the special effects that he does and he has a school uh in pittsburgh where he they you know teaches people how to do this kind of work uh in the movies and Mm -hmm. it's it's just really cool but he mentioned that he was in vietnam and he was a vietnam vietnam photographer Mm -hmm. and so that inspired a lot of his work like knowing what realistic looks mm-hmm. like and able to like to t- kind of recreate the stuff and and make these movies as best and shocking as he, as he possibly can mm-hmm. and also he talked a little bit about um his other stuff but i read an article where he talked about monkey shines in particular and he mentioned making like a little robot monkey to be ella and uh, he had like a puppet and uh, so you can kind of tell in the movie what's actually the monkey and what's not but um yeah yeah because we should say that most of it was an actual live Mm -hmm. monkey that credited that monkey's name was boo evidently um so yeah it was just certain portions that were not real mostly like the threatening portions that were not real (laughs) the violent monkey attacks and so when i think when he bites our, our main character bites ella and kills her it's a mm-hmm. puppet and then when yeah. the uh creature's on the table when my, ella's on the table dead it's like a i believe a just a corpse of a cat from a lab or something mm-hmm. it was like oh when she comes out of his his back no i think when she died like you she the, the camera pans onto her what well he finally has on the yeah, floor finally killed her and that was that's okay. uh, that you know, okay. yeah. You know what? Now that you say that, it did. The shape didn't look very monkey-like. Like, I believe it was a cat. Quickly show it. Th- that's good enough. Um, yeah, no one will <laughs> no care. One will care. But I just kind of wanted to quickly give homage to Tom Savini. I will watch anything he does. He's in so many movies uh, as an actor, and he's done a ton of special effects. And he inspired Greg Nicotero, who's basically had an amazing career. So. 
any kind of movie that you've seen that's had like in the horror genre or even outside has had these two guys work on it in some way or influence it in some way. So that's just a quick little rundown. A name for everyone to know and respect. Definitely. Check it out. (laughs) So moving on, we both, all three of us watched this. I had never seen it when Katie... Neither did I. Yeah, Katie really? suggested it. I thought you guys did. Yeah, no, I, I literally just was scrolling through HBO and I saw that organ grinder monkey and I was like, oh, what's this? And then I saw George Romero. And so I was like, well, we're watching this now. Oh, that is awesome. I think now that you mentioned that, I recall wanting to bring this up, but I remember being a blockbuster <laughs> and being in the horror sh- section, which I was prone to do. And, you know, you saw the little cover of the of movies like the little square like rectangle for those of you our younger listeners you had to check out your little video or dvd first of all you had to physically go, go there to a business mm-hmm. get dressed <laughs> yes and go <laughs> well i mean you kind of get go dressed. In your pajamas sometimes <laughs> yeah but yeah, i know saw the cover i saw that it you know in the horror section and i was always wondering like what is that about but I but you were waiting for this moment I guess in I had your to life wait about 25 years and then watch yeah. it on stream yeah. I was like no 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 I'm gonna wait for the streaming in about 25 but years and then I'll watch I'm not it. gonna pay 199 <laughs> to rent this VHS First now busters what am I that's highway <laughs> robbery because I <laughs> right? you know it's a cheaper because the more expensive rentals were 399 and the cheaper ones yeah but those were mostly the new mm-hmm. releases mm-hmm. this is not a new release because it was no, like the mid nineties no. at the time. So oh. anyway, I digress. <laughs> so Katie, yeah, did this movie scare you? Well, I mean, no, it's not. It's not scary by anybody's kind of conventional oh. definition of you know. I, it's entertaining as hell and intriguing mm-hmm. and original and creative. Um, yeah. But it's not it's not spooky. It's not, um, you know, for fans of like the modern style horror, there's only that one jump scare at the end. Um, but it, I mean, it's just really well made. It is. Um, and it's it's a kind of a disturbing concept. Yeah. Um, but I, I wouldn't describe it as scary. I think that um, that it kind of draws the, the thing that, you know, you kind of feel that gives you an uneasy feeling of this story is this idea of being like powerless at the mercy of others, mm-hmm. which is, you know, Alan's experience throughout this whole thing. And, um, you know, and he goes from that powerless position to then feeling powerful with Ella's aid and then finding himself at Ella's mercy. And then he's he's gone to being powerless mm-hmm. again. Um, it's so kind of like misery style of that um being captive, captive mm-hmm. yeah. like that, that kind of it, it's it's a really frightening concept. Um, and I think that, you know, it, it really kind of tugs at something deep inside you that makes you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I think it's I think it's fantastic. But I wouldn't describe it really as scary mm-hmm. no. for me. No. No. What about you guys? Were you terrified? You, Lorena? you go first. Oh, then I, I was not scared, but I was totally surprised by how much I really loved this movie and how I went back and found the little quirky things. One of the things that I found out was the um, the nurse. It was actually Romero's wife. Mm-hmm. And I hated her because she was the only nurse and I, she was horrible. 
She was horrible. Was, she was the worst caregiver like, ever. She's giving me a bad name because as exactly. a nurse. <laughs> I was like, wanted to write a totally bad Yelp review on her. <laughs> don't hire this woman. It's like, don't ever hire this woman. Bird attacks galore when she comes yes. to your house. She'll bring yeah. her, her shitty bird. To get I was <laughs> really sad that she didn't die. Sorry. I was waiting for Ella to do her and it was like, mm, mm. she got saved. Yeah, she yeah. moved away though. She moved too fast. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, I think the other part that I really enjoy was the, you didn't really need a lot of jump scares. And I really appreciate how Romero, you know, play yeah, with that that's whole That's his style, really. That's what I really appreciate. I was drawn to the movie. It was not as scary, but it was really intense. And I wanted to know what mm-hmm. was going to happen. And I was yeah. really glad that there was not a lot of jump scares. Because I think it would have taken away from stuff. everything. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it was more of like using your brain type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed that. I also enjoy the fact that he this was the first movie that he made with O'Brien. So he had to make he was go back and edit it because O'Brien asked him for a happy ending. And he was not really happy to make a happy end. So he went in back. Well, it's funny because it, it almost seems like he's like, you want a happy ending? Here, here's the cheesiest, sappiest, most ridiculous, fake happy ending ever. Exactly. It was Choke not on it. there. I was like, oh, okay. So the van didn't explode and nothing bad happened. And they're yeah. just like yeah. happy. So yeah, that was not. It is. It's kind of like the the final scene of the original Friday the Thirteenth when she awakes in the canoe in the morning and the birds chirping and the singing and the mm-hmm. you know it's so beautiful and she survived, but that's not the end of that movie. Exactly. And we didn't get the Jason jumping out of the lake moment mm-hmm, in this mm-hmm. one. <laughs> we did it. And then I go back and he was forced to add that uh, the original ending actually comes out on the Blu-ray in twenty fourteen. And the original Aaron, um, Alan never gets, never walks again. He kills Ella, but he never walks again. And it ends with the the lab. So they go back to the lab, and uh, what is the name of the guy? Jeffrey, the no scientist. No, he's he's dead. Jeffrey Burbage. Burbage. So he goes yeah. back, and you see that he already injected the liquid to all the monkeys. And in the final mm-hmm. scene, he's actually connected to all the monkeys. And that's the oh end of it. It's just like, that's it. amazing. Yes. Which is not so really he's happy. like linked to an army of monkeys. Exactly. <laughs> With and our they, powers combined. Yes. <laughs> we can. They're, yeah, they're like the Power Rangers when they combine to make yeah, that set the whole state on fire. With oh, oh my God! We won't give anyone any injections. Fire monkeys everywhere. And, and um, it was it was interesting because when you go back and then you find out the burb, the burbage, this guy is a say a sadist, right? Then that's what they keep on saying. Like you just want to dissect animals. You love seeing them hurt. So I think that will connect to the original ending. 
when you are like, oh yeah, oh. because there's that part where he's got that rat in the Thank tank you. of water in mm-hmm. his lab. Yes, like just watching it struggle to not drown, yeah. and he's just like kind of going. Ah, 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 look at it. That's when it's so perfect. It's Stephen Root. Yes, like it's, he's You're just like, got that little smile. I know. So I think that was look the at part. him trying to survive. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, eh, what are you gonna yeah. do? <laughs> you're like, so what? Yeah. The original, and then then you go like, oh, you're a horrible human being, and now yeah, yeah. you're a horrible human being with an army of horrible monkeys. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I like that ending better. Uh, yeah, that would have been a better ending. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that would have been good. I'm glad you looked that up because I can I can picture that scene in my head, and it's glorious. I know, it was <laughs> look the it best. Up. I have to look it up after this. I need to know. Yeah, I need yeah. to watch it too. Yes, for mm-hmm. sure. It's really interesting. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's see. I mean, I I would you know like to. This is a slight departure, mm-hmm. and I I didn't bring this up earlier, but um, I think I had mentioned to you, Meredith, after um, we had had both watched this, that then shortly after that on HBO, I also found another movie that I'd never seen that was thematically similar, which was the original Willard. Mm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Had you ever seen it, Meredith? No, I always have seen it like pop up. Like you might want to watch this. I'm like, no, I don't. Oh my god, <laughs> I love it. It was good. I absolutely that love it. It was so it's, good. Um, I can't believe. First it's, of all, I can't so believe you described, even watched it. Larita. I watched it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I didn't know you didn't like rats. Meredith told me you didn't like rats. But it was the perfect movie. I was afraid from the beginning to the end. I loved <laughs> That's it. your the horror movie Taylor made for you. It was. Um, but yeah, so just in basically like it was described as a cult classic and it's, you know, the misfit young boy who, you know, gradually befriends a couple rats in his old house and then by the end has an army of rats trained to do his bidding mm-hmm. for good or evil. Um and it's just, it's just charming. Like, I, I was just like, you know, smiling through the whole thing because it was kind of ridiculous, but also you really wanted to see where it was going to go. And the the main character, I never would have recognized him in a million years because he was so young, but is this actor, Bruce Davison, who for me, like, you know, we've all seen him in a hundred things. And for me, the character that I remember him most in is one of the original X-Men movies. He was like the evil senator. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's so so young in this movie that you can't even until he starts talking you can't even realize it's the same guy but um i actually had grace watched grace did not watch monkey shines with me but she did watch willard with me because she loves rats and rodents and you know all those kinds of pets and um in this the you know they use these real rats and there's all of these like camera angles where they like cut to a real close-up of the little rat's face he's just like looking and his little whiskers are going and they're so adorable like they're the cutest rats you've ever seen. <laughs> it was just a delightful movie. And I was like, oh man, this is kind of, you know, it's related to Monkey Shines a little bit, you know, this whole human animal connection mm-hmm. and yeah. how it can go bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I did make the mistake and God love me, I actually paid for it uh, to watch the remake. Oh, there's a of remake Willard. with Crispin Glover. There's a remake. E. Crispin Glover. No. Don't watch Mm-mm. it. Don't watch it. Mm-mm. I I would go as far as to say it is the worst example of a remake I have ever oh, wow. seen. That's like, a lot to say. It, it took everything that was charming, everything that was original, everything that was interesting about the original movie and just shat all over oh. it. Like, 
it was just and and they ruined the ending mm. like they they took this like perfect picture perfect ending of the first movie and they were like no we're gonna do the opposite mm-hmm. and it's gonna suck <laughs> oh no oh no <laughs> Um, And in the remake, they had so in it, there's there's the two main rats, Uh um, Socrates, who's the white one, who's kind of the good one that Willard befriends first. And then Ben, who's the 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 black rat. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, the bigger one that comes along kind of later. And he's the one that, um, you know, eventually ends up being, you know, the the nemesis Mm -hmm. or whatever. And but in the remake, um, I swear to God, it wasn't even a rat they used to play Ben. Like they got like a possum. Oh it was my like gosh. huge. I mean, it was bigger than. I mean, I'm sure there's you know like New Yorkers that are like, no, that's how big rats are. Um, but in the original, they're all precious little pet store rats with the cutest little faces. And in the remake, they're like, this animal will kill you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you remember in um in uh the scary stories to tell in the dark where it's the urban legend about the sewer rat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember the illustration from yeah, that? It's the Mexican pet. You mean? Yeah. Where it's like, yeah. Oh, that's what, that's what this animal. Oh, looks like. That's gross. <laughs> oh, come on. Wait yeah. a ruin. So I, I 100% would recommend the original and nobody should ever, ever watch the remake again. No. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I will never watch any one of those again. I'll, I'll know that while <laughs> you were talking about the rats and their little faces, Lorena was like having a conniption fit next to me, like <laughs> squirming and all that. Oh my it's God. Gross. Well, I forgot. No, I forgot sweet. to say if I thought the movie was scary or not. I didn't actually oh, say. I that. think we just kind of assume that you don't. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but I have something to share. Mm-hmm. It okay. made me jump. What? I know. No. I know. It made me jump. What part? Okay. So I, I it happened. It was so crazy to me. I wrote it. Was it during the sex scene? <laughs> yes. I was like, no. With all the monkeys watching, why would you do that? That was horrible. They were watching. No, it was. And I, I was so surprised. I wrote it down. The exact part that made me jump in your diary to your diary today a movie scared me i jumped no because i was watching it for this freaking podcast it was the part where she melody melanie is that her name whatever Mm -hmm. anyway melanie yeah yeah sure anyway so (laughs) she the blonde girl the blonde girl she's she comes in during the the battle of wits between our main character and ella and then she comes in he's like Ellen's like, watch out. She's she's here to get she's gonna get us. <laughs> and she's like, Ellen, what are you ta ah! and then the monkey flies at her and, <laughs> and then attacks her with a coat hanger. Yes. I'm, oh my god, you nailed that line, Ellen, girl. <laughs> what I did was I, I was like this. <laughs> For those of you listening, my uh, my shoulder she moved my about shoulders an inch. slightly increased in height about I was like, uh ah. That was like what yeah. I did. Like, <laughs> like like how most people look when they hiccup. That's what she That's did. That's what I did when I jumped. I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Maybe she had to pause the movie and like, recover because oh. that's never happened. I had happened. to fan myself. I was like, oh, yeah. oh Lord. And I've got the papers. Oh, goodness. But I, um, after watching it, though, to be honest, I had really trippy dreams because I watched it and then I was yeah. like, time for bed. And then mm-hmm. I like fluffed my pillow and went to sleep. 
And then I dreamt like really crazy, like monkey dreams attacking and stuff. Were you the monkey or was the monkey attacking? I was having television. It was weird. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) It was just weird though. I was like, just straight. I I didn't sleep well and then I woke up. I was like, it must have been that really fucking crazy monkey movie I watched right before bed. (laughs) The goddamn girl Melanie. Goddamn Melanie. Ruining lives once again. And her. You're gonna pay for that window. It's Stephen Root and the, his army of monkeys trying to get keep yeah. me from having a restful sleep. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's awesome. That was like, it. Was really well, good. Yeah. So I mean, I enjoyed it though. I thought it was mm-hmm. fun. I mean, I love Romero and I love his kind of. It, it's never yeah. like about. I'm trying to scare the shit out of you. It's sometimes mm-hmm. it's like character development. Slow yeah. burn. Well, he tells a story. Mm-hmm. He's yep. just telling mm-hmm. a story. So, I mean, I didn't want to really super get into Romero tonight mm-hmm. because I'm just such mm-hmm. a fan. There's like not enough time in this episode for me to get into it. But yeah, <laughs> or, or in, in life, life really. <laughs> but like, you know, he did Day of the Dead, which is mm-hmm. not particularly scary, but there's a lot of it's a compelling storytelling mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I thought this was, and I I, I enjoyed yeah. it. And I I wouldn't say watch something if you want to be really scared. Yeah, watch this movie. No way. Yeah. But it's definitely like you want to be entertaining yeah. for sure. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. I, I would say for somebody who's like, oh, I don't like scary movies, you can watch this. I don't think it's something that would be yeah. <laughs> terrifying. Except it did make me jump. So maybe yeah. I'm not a good judge of that yeah. so close your eyes at that part close your yeah. eyes when she comes and she's like oh what's going on there's nothing right when oh, she says Alan, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, and then Ella's like I'm gonna shank you with this coat hanger, <laughs> the coat, with hanger. coat hanger I love how it wasn't even like a wire coat it hanger like wood. it was like a proper wooden it was, it one with on. like a metal she's look. got that Ikea yes. Wooden coat hanger ready. Yeah, was yeah. No mommy and she keeps taking it back into her cage and like putting it in the thing. Like it's got a special spot in her. This is in her weapon She's rack. Like, this, is this is where the coat this is. Where I, keep, I keep my little pine cone from the burned down the house to go yeah. hanger. All my souvenirs. And then I have a lock of hair from Alan's beard. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. And, and a single parakeet feather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor parakeet. Oh, bogey. 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 The bird had it coming. He had. Come in. So, um, so do I do have some parent thoughts yeah. on this one? I'd assume. Um, you, yeah. So yeah, like, think? so trying to um, you know, make the the reviews a little more consistent. So I checked. You know, this is rated R. Um, I looked it up on Common Sense Media. Shockingly, it is not reviewed. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's because that's not, I mean, obviously that's not a comprehensive database like IMDb or something mm-hmm. like that. And this is a fringe enough movie that um, nobody's jumped on it's, and, and it's done not that job. Fringe. It was at Blockbuster in 1996. <laughs> <laughs> it's central. It's everyone, yeah. Okay, continue. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, like, you know, as far as all of our like discussion and all of it, but not being that scary. Uh, so that shouldn't really be an area of concern mm-hmm. for showing it to a kid. Um, there's, you know, not there's no swearing. There's all very little blood or gore mm-hmm. um, there. <laughs> so so the real question is like the, you know, adult 
content. Um, and, you know, you do get a tiny bit of partial nudity in the opening sequence, namely, I mean, when he's like, what's stretched out on the floor, like ass naked doing those like, no sense at but all. like super yeah, arm reaches where you do your arm reaches. Yeah. That's yeah. How like, do it. how did he situate his balls when he got into that position? <laughs> That's like, what I was trying to say, though. He is a specimen. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, it was a nice show, Audio but sense. it just didn't make any sense. No, no, not at all. Um, so, you, you know, you get a and you do see, you know, G, uh, Linda's nice little hip in the in bed when he first wakes up, um, but no real nudity. Um, then, you know, when Ella goes to the cabin to kill them mm-hmm. later on, you get little hints that they're in, in the throes of passion, but you don't really see anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so it's really just, you know, our our encounter between Alan and Melanie. That would be the the question from a parent mm-hmm. standpoint. Um, and so the question would really be, uh do are you prepared to explain cunnilingus to your child mm-hmm. or do, are they already familiar with the, the concept um not, not today otherwise no. no not, not today. today um if i were to show this to grace at age 12 i would skip that scene mm-hmm. um but however, like it kind of got me thinking a little bit because, um, you know, we talked about this a lot in regards to It Follows about how they're I mean, obviously that movie is rife with sex mm-hmm. because sex is the the central point of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of I was thinking about the, you know, this kind of often used phrase of gratuitous sex scenes mm-hmm. um, and, you know, kind of what the the idea is, uh, what's what's the opposite of a gratuitous sex scene, because a gratuitous sex scene is one where it's like we just want an opportunity to show, to show people mm-hmm. show boobs mm-hmm. show you know you know just the dirty stuff because people want to see it but they don't want to actually watch porn so they're going to watch a scary movie and see one dirty scene and be satisfied mm-hmm. like that's gratuitous mm-hmm. whereas in something like it follows it's the sex scenes are plot moving mm-hmm. right they you know they contribute to moving the the story forward or um for storytelling purposes or for character development it actually serves mm-hmm. a purpose aside from just being an opportunity to show some boobies um and so i feel like uh in monkey Shed, the sex scene between alan and melanie i wouldn't call it gratuitous because it for me that's a that was very a very character developing moment mm-hmm. like you really are um seeing uh, characteristics about them as individuals, you're kind of learning about them as people and seeing their relationship change and grow mm-hmm. is really relevant to the mm-hmm. story. Yeah. And so, you know, I wouldn't consider it gratuitous at all, mm-hmm. but it is uh, bordering on graphic. It is. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that you know, would be something that a, a parent would want to consider. Which it was very... Yes. Um, I was surprised about that scene because this is a eight, 1988 movie. And the fact that they just show that that particular scene. You mean that type of sex? Yes. And actually, it was one of the first times that there's that type of sex between a quadriplegic and a female in the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that that Even has now. come up in a right. lot of mm-hmm. films. Yeah. But it was it was well done. Yeah, it, I mean, it was sweet. It was romantic, mm-hmm. like, you, you know, and uh, but also, you know, like you're kind of interesting, like because most people have never really thought about that idea yeah. of what what a sexual relationship with a quadriplegic might be like. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, and I feel like especially you, you learn a lot about Melanie in that mm-hmm. scene mm-hmm. of, you know, her being comfortable with him with this condition and it not being a complete deal breaker for her. And also she's clearly very confident, comfortable in herself mm-hmm. that she's like, well, you're going to satisfy me. So let's mm-hmm. do this, <laughs> you know. So I thought it was a really interesting and kind of relevant thing to have as part of the yeah. story. Yeah. So you definitely show it to Grace, except skip that. Part. Yeah, I would. Yeah. And I think I think she would kind of like it. I think I think something with an animal in it has a little bit of intrigue for yeah, her. <laughs> that's definitely fun. I don't know. Yeah. But like quickly revisiting, I know you just this is like giving your uh two cents about showing it to you know, your kids. But um I just have to quickly comment because I you, you brought this up and I had totally forgotten. I didn't really understand why Alan's mother was so pissed that he, like, stayed the night with Melody and had, like, a relationship with her. She just seemed so mad. She's like, you didn't call me. And then he's like, and she's like, yeah. ah, like, so angry that he was, like, spending his time with a woman. I don't know. It yeah. just seemed really weird uh, and odd. In a way, maybe she, she was kind of, like, um, the least developed character mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah. Um, and so that, I mean, that's kind of a trope, you know, of that just overprotective mother that's going to hate any girl. Or, I mean, you don't really see how she feels about Linda. I don't think that there's any scenes where you show, they show anything no. about that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's just like, nobody's good enough for my, my boy, oh. or, you know, he's in this condition and you're taking advantage of him and I'm feeling protective. Um, yeah, they, they don't really explain it, but they don't really give a lot of, of depth to yeah, her. Yeah, they don't. So I just thought it could was... It- I mean, could it also odd be... It's almost like, okay. Yeah. I mean, you're actually kind of like giving you the introduction that she's being so annoying, and then Alan starts not yeah. liking her even more and more and more. So that yeah. builds into She just LS. needed to do something to make him exactly. angry. Yeah. yeah. So it just may have been like, okay, let's get this uh, plot moving along. Yeah. Mom's mad. Be mad. Be mad. <laughs> Ella, What's she her. mad about? I don't know. The girl? She's mad about the girl. <laughs> Quick. She hates Dude. blondes. She's Dude. a blonde. <laughs> she hates her. She, she hates herself. I don't know. <laughs> Listeners, if you would like to follow along with our next episode and watch the movie, we will be watching The Shining. So if you haven't watched it in a long time, you might want to revisit it. We will be talking about it at length next time. Okay, well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us, Lorena, to talk about Thank this. Thank you and for having of me. Of course, telling us about... Uh, the that proper, proper ending, ending that we never would have known. Yeah, I had no idea, and uh, now I have to go find that like immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, that's officially the ending in my heart <laughs> I now. Know. Yes. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.